Welcome to Hidden God, a podcast where we explore issues of theology and culture provided by Tulsa Bible Church. If you'd like more information, check out our website at tulsabible.org. Well, hey, welcome back to Hidden God. My name is Daniel Newberry, and I'm joined by my co-host, co-host, Pastor... Or Hust. Or Hust. <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever that, works. It works. Uh, Pastor Jared Verweel, how are you this morning, Jared? I'm good, man. You're good? Good, good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you. You know, we always say that, and I always forget. Anyway, it's good to see you. Uh, so today, we get to take a break this week. We actually have very little work to do on our part of this episode, because we're joined by two amazing women, Maddie Boltinghouse and Linda Cosgrove, and they're actually going to be running almost this entire episode for us, <laughs> oh, which yeah. is awesome. <laughs> so, uh, Maddie, you're a returning guest. You were yes. on uh, one episode last season, yes. right? And you're our children's director, which is awesome. And Linda, you this is your, your first time guest. Yes. You've never been on. Wow. Yes. This, welcome to uh, the show. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be here. <laughs> I think. Um, it, it, <laughs> we'll see. Out. Yeah, it is. You, you may track that later. <laughs> well, okay, before we dive into this, uh, this week's topic, which is pretty heavy, we would like to give the audience a chance to kind of get to know you all a little more personally little bit of credibility you know how how do i know i can trust these two ladies to represent womankind in general on hidden god and so the question i have for you all is very simply if you could live anywhere in the world or outside the world if that's where you want to go but like nothing it doesn't change any of your family standings you can still see anybody just as much as you wanted mm-hmm. your job nothing where would you want to live Maddie, what, what, why don't you start us? I would have to say it's got to be Hawaii. Ah, mm. classic. And it is not because, like, the weather would be great, but one of the largest reasons is, well, okay. Also, I don't know because I've never been. <laughs> <laughs> but I could imagine. No, I'm just kidding. But really, I the views... I mean, I mm. think it is so beautiful, any picture I see, and I'm waiting to go there one day, you know, to yeah. visit but it it had it has to be it okay hey that's cool i think that's i think most most people would probably agree hawaii's a solid choice so i am not original You're thank not. you daniel <laughs> <laughs> just that okay anyway moving on linda what, what's your answer okay so here on earth um okay. <laughs> i'm pretty boring so um, oh join the crown join the clan <laughs> this is awesome yes i'm living right where I want to live. Oh, oh my goodness. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, it's just like true. Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. Why not? You know, I can't tell you how many times like, you know, during COVID and all the political unrest and everything that's going on in the country that I have thanked God, right? That he's put me right where he wants me mm. and where I am. And, and, um, I am just real thankful and very, very content. So yeah. Hey, okay. you know, Boomer. But the real place I <laughs> am looking forward to is definitely my real home and that's heaven. Yeah. And you know, um the longer I live the more I I just desire to be there. Oh, it's gonna be a great day. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. It's well, true. I love that. Maddie, she blew you out of the water. I know. I was, <laughs> well, we know who we'll learn from the most today. <laughs> so I've been to both Tulsa and Hawaii. Oh, okay. Which is better. <laughs> and I was in second grade ah. when we went to Hawaii. Stayed at a place called Turtle Bay. 
and I don't I don't really actually remember that much stuff from it. It was it was it was pretty wow. nice. The weather and the views were excellent. Got yeah. some old pictures from it and stuff. So nice. It's like I think it's the number one commercial travel location. Like I mean, and the ideal is if you can get to Hawaii, then you're gonna love it. Yeah, you've made it. <laughs> or you could just stay right here in Tulsa. And well, you know, get a grass skirt and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Man, that's awesome. I that's need to awesome. stop talking. Well, no, no. I, I appreciate everything you've just added to the conversation. Uh, so this episode, last week we talked about, you know, uh, pornography and men and lust and specifically how it inf- affects men. And today we want to talk about how it affects women. And thank God you two are here because we don't know where we would begin. And so, uh, as we kind of go through today, Jared and I would just like to kind of ask some basic questions and basic questions as we go through and just kind of hear your different responses. So Jared, why don't you start us off with our very first question? Yeah, Linda, let me ask, ask you this one right off the bat. Uh, read a blog recently where the writer said, sexual addiction is not about changing behavior. It's about changing the heart. Well, that was a great statement, but do you agree with that? And can you comment, comment on that a little? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I really agree with that. And um, I think it's such an important thing to understand because most people, I mean, we try to uh, change our outward behavior and just kind of, you know, just neglect the heart issues. And then there's no change in our life and we wonder why. So, um, you know, <laughs> God tells us in Proverbs 4.23 that above all else, which <laughs> there's a priority there, yeah, this is a... <laughs> above, all, above Hawaii, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, above all else, you know, guard your heart for it's a wellspring of life. So we know how important the heart is to God mm. and it should be to us too. So, you know, I, sexual addiction, as you know, is not a disease. It's a sin nature problem. So right. at its root is a worship disorder Hmm. so it's our outward behavior mirrors for us what is in our heart and who or what we're really worshiping Uh, and it's either one or the other god or me and um you know i think the pharisees were good examples of this because you know they portrayed that righteous outward behavior and yet they were dead inside. So um, their hearts just were bent on their works and not on bringing glory to God or, you know, Mm. love for God. So um, I'm so thankful that the gospel of Jesus Christ is what initially changes our heart. Mm. And um, I mean, what a gift, you know, the grace of God alone, by faith alone, in Christ alone, It's just a a wonderful gift that he's given us. And, you know, through that, he regenerates this dead old sinful heart. And um, outward behavior can never change the heart. Only God can. And I'm so thankful for that. So um, then after our initial salvation, we continue in this process of heart change throughout our life Mm -hmm. um, by the power of the Holy Spirit in accordance with God's word. So... um, Mm -hmm then as God changes us inwardly, that shows outwardly in our behavior. And um, so God knows exactly what he's doing. And, you know, I think it's amazing that, (laughs) that he wants to 
change us into the likeness of his beautiful son. So I say, hey, it is the best makeover ever. Right, right. (laughs) Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that Proverbs verse. That's a a verse that Brandy and I have talked about for, especially for Kennedy, for little girls. I mean, above all else, guard guard your heart Mm -hmm. because it is the wellspring of life. And um, so everything goes through the avenue of the heart. You know, it's, it's the way that we think it's the way we process information or our decisions, all that stuff goes right through the, the filter you might say of the heart. And, and yeah, if if God is, uh, only God can, can transform the heart. That's, that's his work through the Holy spirit. He does a good job of it too. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And I think I love that too, because all of a sudden now porn, lust, lust, not lust, uh, and sexual addiction, that's not the that's not the issue. That's not the problem. It's the man-made solution that mm. we have created to try to solve this problem. But really, it the root is in the heart. And so I just love right. that. Right. You know, the yeah. gospel and the, yeah. the truth, mm. it takes us there. Yeah. And gives us the truth sets us free. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. And, and mankind has tried for a long time to come up with different ways of solving that issue, right? Yeah. And for a long time, in the American church, the American church promoted a pathway to purity, focused on the idea that sex is a bad thing, Yeah. right? Uh, and especially when a person is young. But then, like, once you get to a certain age, all of a sudden, sex is a really good thing. Right. And it's really great, and you <laughs> should be enjoying it. And it's like, whoa, all my life I was taught it was terrible. So, yeah. you know, I want to ask you, Maddie, w- will you address this dynamic, uh, this dynamic, and what's, what's a good way to talk about sexuality for our teenagers and for singles who are listening to this podcast? Yeah. Well, and I think... You know, like you said, you don't all of a sudden reach an age and it's like, okay, no, sex, woo, it's good. (laughs) And which is true, like sex is good um, whenever, um, you know, it is as God designed it. And um, but our sexuality actually, it has nothing to do whether really we're having sex or not. And God designed us as sexual beings. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love what uh, Dr. Julie Slattery says, and it says, Singles or young people are sexual beings created in the image of God. Mm. Your sexuality is not compartmentalized waiting for marriage. So the mm. I do or the age doesn't all of a sudden make you sexual a sexual being. Um, but it's anchored, integrated into all the as- aspects of your being. Intellectual, emotional, relational, and spiritual. Mm. It's a core part of who God created you to be. And I agree with her. I agree with her. I deeply believe, though, you know, the biblical teaching to reserve sexual intimacy for marriage is still relevant and true, Mm -hmm. obviously. But I also believe that your sexuality is something that's always there, even when sex is maybe not even a part um, Mm -hmm. of your life. Um, So speaking specifically to teens and singles, um, you know, sexuality can still serve a purpose when you're young or when you're single. Uh, I think a lot of it could come from the overemphasis on, you know, the sex, the the act of physical sex um, makes us miss the fact that sexuality is actually about something totally different. It's about, well, I mean, it, it goes hand in hand, but sexuality is about intimacy and relationship, mm-hmm. and it teaches us something about God and how he designed us. And it's, and it's, I think vital to understanding our identity in God because that's how God created us. So Hmm. even though as women, we, we have hormones and sexual longings, they are not nearly as powerful for our drive for intimacy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we place a value on just sex and whether it's good or bad at a certain time of your life, um, if we just think of it differently like that and, and approach it differently with people that we're trying to help, um, then we'll just see that like maybe that struggle with sexual temptation is really just a longing for intimacy hmm. um, and not and not sex, really. Um, we live in a world that sabotages intimacy, wants to mm-hmm. replace it and promote the physical act of sex as an adequate substitute, and it's just not. Wow. It's just not. And no amount of sex, real or imagined, you know, thinking about porn and masturbation, real or imagined, they can't compensate compensate for that lack of intimacy. Hmm. So it's, it's kind of just reframing um, and thinking about it differently um, than just, you know, sex. But if we talk about it being, you know, core aspect of our sexuality, and then all of a sudden um, it goes hand in hand with our yearning to be known and to share intimately with other people and really in the end you know god has created us for a relationship and true intimacy to be found not in sex not in these things but in worship and obedience to him in a relationship to him Hmm. and so as a single you can use your sexuality to um, understand your this deep longing to be known and to know god and he's there for you for that wow that's all the way to turn the tables on that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's a good question though, because yeah. you know, but the sexuality is just different than yeah. sex. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, and I love that you distinguish the, the longing desire for sex and then also the desire for intimacy. They are two very different things. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's, you're exactly right. If you fulfill one in, in the wrong time or the wrong purpose, you don't get the other or, or, or the other is ruined in a way that you don't like, you know, or it becomes a consequence as opposed to a gift. And mm. I, I love that you distinguish between those two. Mm. Linda, do you have any thoughts about this? That, that question? Uh, I think she did a great job. Um, you know, I think that, well, we know that in our culture that sex is a God. And as we talk to our, you know, young ones, we need to, there are a lot of lies out there. Yeah. I think that we really need to address a lot of the myths that Mm. they're going to be faced with. I think also it's very important that we become not just talkers, but listeners, Mm. that we open up that line of communication with our kids and we listen, you know, to the things that the questions they have and, and, you know, just, answer them you know with god's word obviously and um in truth and just with real understanding Hmm. and for single women you know we truly we put so much pressure on these gals that like they think they're not complete you know unless they have a man Hmm. and um shame on us yeah yeah. Because um, they are complete in Christ. And we need to reinforce that in them. And, yes. you know, First Corinthians talks a lot about that, about the single woman. And that, you know, she, you know, God is her focus. And she's supposed to be striving after, you know, holiness and purity and serving him. And, wow, is there anything really greater in life? Yeah. I mean, we think about it, Christ... Uh, Christ had, uh, Christ wasn't married. He was single. single. John the Baptist. (laughs) I mean, Elijah. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, we can probably go on. So we put sex as like the ultimate. Right. And we can't live without it. And that's, that's a lie. It's not true. Wow. Christ is the ultimate. 
yeah, we can't live without him. Yes. And, and early, early on in my marriage, it took me a while to realize this. I'm really slow usually. So, um, but anytime you would say the word intimacy immediately, I was thinking physical, yeah. sexual intimacy with my wife. And, and I've come over time to realize, like, even if I say that exact same word with Brandy, she could be thinking something totally different. Mm-hmm. She could yeah. be thinking a, a good conversation over a cup of coffee mm-hmm. and a prayer time deeply is, is a deeply intimate experience for her. Yeah. And, and we just automatically think like, okay, intimacy, it's all, it's all about sex. And that's, that's really not the biblical picture that you have. So it's good stuff. But, uh, Linda, I want to ask you this because many people, um, are going to places to, to get help with, with sexual issues. And you think about like self-help, secular counseling, psychology, all that stuff. Talk to us about the difference between a biblical approach to dealing with not only sexual sin in this manner, but how is the Bible's approach different than the secular world's approach to, to these issues? Um, night and day. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's just think about this for a second. In fact, I had a fun time thinking about this. So, um, so secular psychology is going to cost you a lot of money (laughs) (laughs) and it's going to give you no solution so um and it's going to cause you to draw inward and focus on yourself Hmm. so secular Hmm. psychology has a low view of god or maybe a no view of god and a high view of self or a high view of man uh and so it's godless, um, and they don't use scripture. So it's just really powerless to bring about any meaningful change. Mm. Um, yeah, we have God's grace right. that is read- readily available for us. Um, it's powerful. It's effective. We can't deplete it. Uh, I mean, you think about the almighty God that upholds the entire universe by the word of his power. Mm. He says he has given us everything we need, everything we need for life and godliness. So I think that we uh, we mean well, but we just really don't understand how great our God is and how deep his love is for us. But yet at the same time, this woman um she this is a real thing you know a struggle with intimacy is a real thing in many women and she does need help so you know where does she go um if she needs a if she needs counseling you know i truly urge her to find a good you know biblical counselor that can point her to scripture mm-hmm. and to god but i also might tell her that the help that she needs is sitting right there beside her at church mm-hmm. Because Titus 2 says that the older woman is supposed to teach the younger woman how to love her husband. Mm. And um, I'd just like all the women out there that are listening to know that in Tulsa Bible Church, we have got so many godly older women, which doesn't necessarily mean, you know, they're like a hundred. They're older than you in the Lord. And um, that are, we have many of them in the women's discipleship ministry that are doing this very thing. So if anybody, you know, would like help with that, I I just ask them and urge them to let me know. and, Mm. And I'd love to help them with that. But I do have one thing that I'd like to quickly read. Um, 
and this is from Carolyn Mahaney's book, and it's on Titus too, and it's called Feminine Appeal. And this was something that really ministered to me um, during my married years, as you know, I'm a widow now. But it says, when we choose to obey God and give our bodies to our husbands, even if we don't feel like it, God will reward us with pleasure. As Elizabeth Elliot encourages us, the essence of sexual enjoyment for a woman is self-giving. You will find that it's impossible to draw the line between giving pleasure and receiving pleasure. If you put the giving first, the receiving is inevitable. That's great. Wow. It is, isn't it, though? So, um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I've always thought to, you know, the secular approach, it's, it's all about feeling better about yourself it's yeah. the, the self-help kind of me. stuff yeah and you really are fighting an issue with the same issue that got you into the mess in the first place yeah. you know you, if if this is if self causes the problem self by its nature cannot be yeah. the solution yeah and we're always drawn the world tells us to like look inside and and find inside of you this this happiness and some identity when the the gospel and scripture is always going to say look outward to christ you know you have to go outside of self and uh, when we get that backwards we set ourselves up for just so much heartache and pain uh, down the line it's crazy yeah so very very true and if i just if you do also you know follow self-help i mean their goal is the behavior Mm. they're not they don't care you know they don't think there's a root to it it's just you know maybe your desires or whatever and so if you're if you're trying to fix the behavior it's really just a band-aid maybe mm-hmm. you do stop looking at porn and maybe you do fix that issue but you'll go to something else yeah you know exactly you'll go to something else until that's so true the word that's so true yeah. yeah and and i love linda that you ultimately pointed it to go to the people in the church go to an older woman in the church yeah. who can guide you through this um and i'm you kind of gave yourself a shout out here. I want to give a bigger shout out. If you're a woman in the church and you are looking for an older lady to um, help you through issues, seriously, do talk to Linda. She sets people up all the time <laughs> to yes. meet up, uh, older women and younger women to meet up. And that's something that we really want to encourage here at TBC. Thank you. And, and yeah. with that idea in mind, Maddie, I wanted to ask you a question. If a young lady were to come to you and she expressed a struggle with sexuality or very in general or very specifically with pornography or anything of that sort, where would you start in scripture to help this young lady and why would you go there? Oh gosh. (laughs) Scripture. I mean, it's living and active and it's so helpful. And I just feel like there could be many answers to this. Um, But I think what I do is you know, take them to Adam and Eve mm. in the beginning. Mm. That's great. <laughs> you know, from the jump, uh, Adam and Eve, they sinned. Um, and after they had sinned, they wanted to hide and cover themselves and bury the sin. And just thinking through, you know, women dealing with sexual sin, that is our natural bent. It is just to cover and um, we feel shameful and so cover it up, hide behind it. But in Genesis 3, after they had sinned, Adam and Eve, and they tried to hide, God found them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, God <laughs> came. What did he do? He, in his goodness and his graciousness towards us, 
and them. He sought them out and he said, where are you? Mm. You know, and he still does this for us. I think that's huge. I think Adam and Eve, they wanted to hide, but God was Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm coming to you. And um, he brings us out of our hiding and brings us into his light. Mm. And so you wanted to keep the shame and the darkness they wanted to, but he brought it into his presence. And just as the Lord walked with Adam and even, and Eve, and even after they sinned, you know, he walks with us in the same way today. Mm. So I think just that story, how good is our God Mm. that, that wants to find us when we are feeling so ashamed, but he, he is the one who can heal and comfort and, and forgive us and is really the only one through Christ's death and surrender, you know, through Christ's death can set us free from our sin. And so I just think that's a wonderful picture. And, you know, think of the now, okay, so Adam and Eve, yes, but think of the gospel. I mean, it points to it, straight to it, Mm. but through his death, Christ's death, and and our surrender then to the Holy Spirit, we are no longer slaves to sin. Mm. And even when we want to hide and we still battle with sin, the next time we do it, maybe, then we remember God's grace to us. Mm. I think that's, I think that's huge too, because when, when we sin, I, I naturally, I don't know about you guys, but Mm. I naturally want to hide and I just feel ashamed and almost like I can't come to him. Um, but that's just not true. And Mm. he wants us when we're right there in that moment. Um, I also think that if we, you know, thinking about, you know, someone struggling, if, if we are focusing on a relationship that just like Linda said earlier, if we focus on um, our relationship with the Lord, then all of a sudden it's not about our behavior. Our behavior will follow, um, but the idea is to behold yeah. Him, yeah, and focus on Him. So, wow. well, and, and Scripture says that God is the wonderful Counselor, and I think that question, you know, when God asks, yeah, Adam, where are you? He's not asking that for His benefit. Yeah, yeah. he's he's asking that for Adam and Eve's benefit to, to look into your heart. Where is your heart right yeah. now? Mm-hmm. What have you done to pursue intimacy, joy, satisfaction, apart from what I've designed you to do and apart from worshiping me, just the things that we've been talking about. It's a great place to start for counseling. Just if anybody comes to you with yeah. an issue, it's that same question becomes <laughs> extremely relevant. Where, where are, where are yeah. you? Hmm. Um, just a, just a good starting point. So Linda, let me ask you a, a tougher question now, because we have, <laughs> obviously sexual sin is, uh, I'll share some statistics if I can say that right at the end. But, um, this is a, a very, um, debilitating issue. It's, it's common Christians and non-Christians alike, obviously. Um, what would you say to the wives out there whose husbands um, are struggling with pornography, struggling with sexual sin. How do you, how do you come alongside them and counsel them through those sticky issues? It's um, <clears throat> a great question. And, um, I do run across that a lot, much more than I wish. So, want to, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would want to, um, of course, come alongside her with, um, just the grace of Christ and uh, his gentleness, um, loving her and um, listening to her um, just with the power of the Spirit. But 
I would um, just want her to encourage her to remember the cross and just tell her, you know, remember him, you know, see him, uh, the one that's hanging on the cross, broken and bleeding uh, and bearing the wrath of God over your dark and deep sin. Uh, just remember him. Um, he, you know, he loves you. Right. You know, he died for you. He came for you. Yeah. He died for you. Um, mm-hmm. He lives for you. And he's he's coming back for you. So, um, and just remind her that he understands her sorrow as no one else mm-hmm. truly can. And he sympathizes with her. And he understands her deep pain. And he is the one that has the mercy and grace to heal her. Mm-hmm. Um so just as he loved her on the cross, I mean, he still loves her today as he's seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And um, he is committed to her because she belongs to him. And nothing but nothing, praise God, can tear that love away from her. So um, I would encourage her to just just to hear him calling her and bidding her to come, come to me, come mm-hmm. to me. Uh, come to me in the loneliness of your suffering, um, just in the misery of your pain, mm-hmm. um, because he's the one that, and the only one that really can give rest for a troubled soul. So, um, you know, his life is just bound up in hers, and he just, he carries her burden, and he is her uh, refuge in the storm, and and he never, 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 never will leave her or forsake her. So mm-hmm. that would be the initial thing that I would want to do to help her is just to take her to the cross and and um, just um, that, that's it. Yeah. There would be yeah. many other things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But that is the one thing, the constant mm-hmm. that I would want to keep doing is, yeah. is take her to Jesus and yeah. the gospel. Yeah. Well, th- and I think one of the... One of the things that I would wrestle with a lot in a context like that is just from many different perspectives, people would say this is sexual sin for guys is so common and it's such a um, prolific issue um, that the knee jerk reaction is to a woman like a, a wife or a girlfriend or something like that. You would say, well, you just don't realize like just about any guy that you find is going to struggle with this issue. It's not that big of a deal, mm-hmm. you know? And so you almost get this idea of like, nah, just, just push through it. You're just one of many mm-hmm. in line here. I mean, how do you, obviously you have to approach the guy at some point in time with, with counseling through, through these issues, but how do you come alongside a lady and knowing that, that there's a lot of truth to that, but still not accepting the behavior itself, not accepting the sin itself and, and kind of, I don't know, give her somewhat of a, um, a courage to just kind of keep going. Just like you're saying with focus on Christ and focus on the cross over and over again. I just, I, I feel like it's, it's something that gets passed over. Like, Hey, everybody has cereal in the morning for breakfast kind of thing every marriage the guy's going to struggle with sexual sin and and we we have to demand more with our relationship with christ somewhere in there and i just i I don't know how you even begin to 
address those things. So Yeah, I think that's like pouring salt on the wound. Because mm. I'm going to tell you, from the woman's perspective, her heart's broken. Yeah. Mm. Because um, he has uh, not only um, broken his vow to her to love on her and cherish her, uh, but he has he has defiled the marriage bed, mm-hmm. which we're told to keep pure. So you know, I think you know, being becoming flippant about sex um, is pretty dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. Because God's not flippant about it. So um, you know, this woman, you know, she's going to be dealing with a lot of things, and she's going to have anger. Um, she's her trust has been broken and you know probably the number one thing that she's going to need help with is forgiveness Mm -hmm. and um you know hopefully in this transition the man is getting good biblical um you know help and there will be genuine repentance but it can be a long process if you're going to counsel and walk alongside that person you know you you know you need to really Go in for the long haul and and love them enough that you want to help them, you know, to break them free. Because I just know from the woman's perspective, as I've dealt with many of these, it's um, it's devastating to the woman. Mm. And as I think it would be to the man. Right, right. (laughs) Should be. (laughs) We're the shoe we were on the other foot. So, um, you know, we just we just really, I think, need to restore what marriage is supposed to be in God's eyes and how it reflects, you know, Christ and his relationship with the church. And, and it's so sad we're losing that. And mm-hmm. so, but the good news is I have truly seen so many marriages restored. I've seen mm-hmm. genuine repentance when boy, you know, when you first saw <laughs> This is just no way. Right. Yeah. And I've seen God uh, restore that. I've seen the woman, um, just put aside herself and follow Christ in this and I've watched him change her, I've watched the man change and mm. seen marriages restored and better than they ever were in the beginning. And so, you know, nothing's too difficult for God and yeah. so yeah. that's encouraging. At the at the sin level, we're all adulterers. Amen. You know, anytime anytime we sin, we commit adultery against God. Mm-hmm. And and so let's love it, level the playing field a little bit. But I love what you said because it is, um, man, it is devastating. And, and forgiveness, comments about um, working through those issues, being a long road, that's just, that's so good to hear uh, from that perspective. And that's just reality, you know. You know, I think the woman too, it makes a woman feel like she was just not enough mm. for him. And I make it. It makes her, you know, kind of turn inward because, you know, man, I, I'm too heavy. You know, I'm getting gray hair. I'm getting wrinkles, you know. And it, it, it that's an area that, that the counselor is going to help her with, that she is not responsible for his sin. Yeah, maybe she, maybe she you know, does need to do some things. Yeah. But, but, you know, even if she were, like, absolutely perfect, that doesn't mean that he wouldn't do this. So they're just, there's just a lot. So of good. things that happen and yeah. that's in yeah okay. this sin in particular you know like at the start of this season we talked about how sin how hidden in sorry at the start of this season we talked about how sin is an addiction right and we talked about very specifically it as an addiction um and this sin in particular is known for being one of the most addictive in our in our culture and so i wanted to ask you maddie what what might keep very specifically a woman uh chained to 
sexual sin as an addiction. Yeah. Which all sin is addictive, like you said, but I think for this, you know, specific issue, a lot of times it is shame. Hmm. Um, a woman who runs an organization, her name's Joy Pedro. And um, she says, most female porn addicts feel alone in their struggle. Hmm. And instead of finding freedom, women live in shame and bondage. Women think that something is wrong with them since porn is a man's issue. Hmm. Which now in our culture, you know, even before you could have said it, and maybe there was some more truth to that, that porn is a man's issue. But now... Mm -hmm. No longer. No, it's no longer. It's no longer a side note for Mm -hmm. women. Um, But I think there is, you know, you're not allowed to struggle with it if you're a woman. Hmm. Or if you do, it's embarrassing. And that's just, I just, you know, it, here's a a stat from 2019. One in three viewers, and this was 2019, so two years ago, but one in three viewers were women. So it really, really is, you know, that added level um you already feel the shame <laughs> and then you add that on and you feel some more shame. And what it does is when we keep it hitting kind of like Adam and Eve, when we hide and you know, feel this shame, the shame then drives us to do it again and do it again and do it again, mm-hmm. you know? And so it gives the enemy power. And so really what would be so beneficial is if you just bring it to light, mm-hmm. bring it to light, tell someone that you trust you know, um, go to these uh, online communities or find a community of people that are struggling with it. So hmm. anyway, I think that shame is the short answer. Um, and I just <laughs> gave the long answer. So yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, uh, not a lot, all. Yeah. <laughs> all. Yeah. The women that come to me um, with these problems, that's the number one thing is, hmm. is shame. And it's really hard um, for them to, you know, confess that you yeah. know to you hmm. and um you know i've even started just gently as i get to kind of know the gal ask that yeah question hmm. so that you know we're going to just open up the door here so we can talk about these things and uh think yeah. that you know is helpful but you know you're talking about pornography and women it's just so grievous that um you know a lot of our young girls are getting into this and 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 so now Pornography is taking on a whole new, well, I guess, I don't really know that, but I, I would think it a whole new dynamic in that you've got the same sex mm. yeah. type mm-hmm. pornography going on. And so, you know, you've got these young kids out there, um, their, their sexuality is just kind of coming into bud, you know, mm-hmm. and um, so they're kind of exploring and, you know, it's dangerous ground. And um, so we have not only the, you know, the pornography, but the same sex attraction that they Mm. think, hey, I think that's me. Mm. And so it's just so dangerous. Yeah. And that's so important, though, to ask and talk with women about it. It is. It shouldn't be, you know, a subject that is not breached between women, you know. So I know we're waiting on doing books, but this book is like. Really yeah, good. yeah, please do. Oh, wow. <laughs> really, really good. It's God. What what the Bible says about sexual orientation and change, and it's transforming homosexuality. Hmm. And I have worked through this book with someone. It's great, and um, you know, it's just incredible what different churches are teaching. Wow. Yeah. And this book is, you know, it's really a good good resource. Yeah. I also would say, you know, women. 
women, you know, when they feel alone in it, scripture talks about this. So like the enemy loves to make us feel like mm-hmm. in any sin that our problems are unique, bigger and tougher than other people's or that God can handle. But in first Corinthians ten thirteen, just real quick, mm-hmm. it says, no temptation has overtaken you. That is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Wow. Come on. That's what I want to say. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you might have to help that young woman understand what that way of escape is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's a great verse, uh, wonderful verse, powerful verse. But, you know, that needs some discussion. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you guys so much for taking some time and joining us for this episode of Hidden God. I want to end with just a few statistics. And actually, if you tune into um, Tulsa Bible Church for a sermon here, we're just starting Galatians on Sunday. We'll talk about more of those references that you guys have for us. And just just so you guys know why we're addressing this issue. Um, kids, they say they'll, they'll view their first pornographic image by the age of 11. Uh. 94% of kids will see porn by the time they're 14. So the first the first image they'll probably see is age 11, which is, it's like uh, fourth grade, mm-hmm. third, fourth grade, something like that. That's when I got hooked on it. Man. 11 years old, fourth grade. Unbelievable. Uh, 56% of American divorces involve one party having an obsessive interest with pornographic websites. Mm-hmm. 68% of church-going men, 68% more than half view porn on a regular basis Mm. of young Christians, 18 to 24 years old, 76% actively search for porn. Uh, 33% of women, this is why we're doing this one here, age 25 and under search for porn at least once a month. Uh, Only 13% of self-identified Christian women say that they have never watched porn and 87% of Christian women have watched it i can't i can't believe that number it's uh Mm -hmm. that's higher than i thought it would be and actually got these uh statistics from your husband casey oh we started talking about this stuff a little bit uh 55 percent of married men and 25 percent of married women say they watch porn at least once a month Mm -hmm. 57 percent of pastors say porn addiction is the most damaging issue in their congregation Mm -hmm. and 69 percent say porn has adversely impacted the church only seven percent of pastors this is this is why we're doing this, right? Only 7% yeah. of pastors say that their church has a program to help people struggling with pornography Yikes. issues. Um, anyway, we want to talk more about the culture, more about how the Bible addresses issues in the culture. We're really glad that we're doing this this season. Glad that you guys are here to help us out to address it. And uh, mm-hmm. thanks for watching and listening and tuning into Hidden God. You can view this podcast actually on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, mm-hmm. youtube.com forward slash Tulsa Bible Church, all one word. Or you can go to our website, tulsabible.org, and go to the resources page where you'll find a, a direct link to it. Yes, absolutely. And before we got out of here, did we have want to go over some books? Let, let's let's cover that. We'll let's cover, cover that. that. Okay. Yeah, all right. uh, all next. Right. Uh, all right. Yeah. That yeah. sounds good. That sounds good. Well, thanks for tuning in. Thank you, ladies, for joining Thank us today. You. And we'll catch you all next week.